Welcome to the Business English Podcast, the best place for non-native professionals to learn how to communicate clearly and confidently. My name is Tanya Suarez, and in each episode, you're going to learn specific skills to develop your corporate communication, American pronunciation, and career strategy in order to build the life you deserve. Let's jump right in to part one. Today, we're going to talk about part four of how to win friends and influence people. In general, the messages were really positive and I think will have an amazing impact on myself as a communicator, as an educator, and on you as a language learner. For number one, so the highlight number one is begin with praise and honest appreciation. This is amazing because it's so simple. Really, the main highlight there is instead of saying but, use and. From a language perspective, something so simple for you to do and it makes a huge impact. <laughs> Think about whenever you hear somebody say like, oh, that's really good, but immediately it's like the most deflating word ever, right? You're like, okay, here comes the bad stuff. But if you hear, you did really well and you're more receptive. And think about the impact that has on the person you're talking to. If they're more receptive, if they're not defensive, you're going to have a better interaction. And most importantly with this book, in terms of business, better results. And not only do you get better results, but you do it in a way that is compassionate and respectful. So I really love that. So again, just switch the butt and put and. Also, do that for yourself. Whenever you give yourself a compliment, like, my English is better, but no. <laughs> For yourself, my English is better and I'm excited to work on this particular skill. It's a completely different approach, but I do think that you'll see the benefit in terms of retention, of remembering information that you're studying. Oh, by the way, speaking of some outdated things, I do need to call out a couple of moments in the book. You know, I think... I'm going to assume they did the best they could when they were editing this book. Remember in the beginning we read that they tried to update some of the examples. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that at the time that this was written, these were appropriate ways to talk about women. <laughs> but I couldn't help notice, for example, the first example shown here was about the president telling his secretary, like, oh, you look good today but don't get too stuck up. I need you to improve your pronunciation. Um, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> so just so you know, that is not good communication. That is abuse of power, sexual harassment, and just disgusting in general. I can see where in his mind Dale Carnegie thought that was suave and useful at that time, I'm gonna pretend. But in this modern day and age, if you're a woman who's in that situation, no, you need to stop that. And if you're a man reading this, and for some reason that didn't really get your attention as something negative, you know, just observe your own behavior. And in the workplace, don't compliment someone, especially a subordinate, but really any woman, on her appearance, and then in a really arrogant way, try to give her a point of improvement. This is just another way, a moment where I, I'd love to encourage you, no matter what expert you're learning from, we all make mistakes and we also all come from different backgrounds and different approaches. So 
you don't need to, for example, for this, I'm still able to appreciate the book and I'm using this as a teachable moment. And this can be a learning moment for you of like, okay, I understand the premise of the book. This example didn't sit well with me. Let me dissect why and how I can avoid being in that situation or avoid causing that situation. So I want you to take everything from a point of encouragement. It's less toxic and it's more productive. Okay, next. Call attention to people's mistakes indirectly. Oh, you know what? I think this is the section where they, they encourage us to use and instead of but. So as I already covered that, fantastic advice. And from a language perspective, very, very simple. All right, number three, talk about your own mistakes before criticizing the other person. Um, in this chapter, he used a great example. I'm pretty sure it was this one where his niece, who was 19 years old, started working for him and he was going to reprimand her for not doing something well and he caught himself and said, hold on, I am much older than her, much more experienced. Let me remember all the mistakes I made when I was 19 and from that compassionate standpoint, give her feedback. And it was so much more productive. And again, and I keep using the same words because I do think this book is about effective, productive, and respectful communication, which is like the most glorious trifecta because I believe in making people feel good. And that's really a big part of this book. So remember where you were at that point if you're talking to a team member. Um, remember that you know a lot more than someone who is newer than you and try to be more empathetic and this will help you communicate better. All right, also this one I think, don't be annoying or condescending about it. Like, oh, when I was your age, I could do that. Or I made that mistake, but then I got, you know, so much better within 10 minutes. You wanna be mindful of presenting your experience and empathy in a way that is nice, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Okay, number four, and by the way, let me know in the chat if you had a point that you really enjoyed or either from this section or from the book in general. I'd love to hear what you liked. All right, number four, ask questions instead of giving direct orders. This was really interesting because I agree with a lot of the examples, but I also have a little word of caution. So I like the phrases that he gives. So you might consider this, or do you think that would work? In the example that he gave of addressing a team, I think the, the company leader wanted to motivate the team to kind of come up with their own solutions instead of just telling them. I thought that was magnificently done. It really encouraged them to take ownership of the solutions, which means they're more engaged and they're more likely to go through with it. However, tone is really important because if you're doing this and you say it, for example, well, you might consider I don't know, some, some, some tones can come across as very passive aggressive. So be mindful of your delivery, practice in front of a mirror, record yourself to make sure that there's a fine line between a passive aggressive approach and a constructive encouraging them to find their own, their own answers and solutions. And that being said, at least in the US, from what I can see or in a lot of companies, being a woman in a leadership position is a little different. So this, I think, is great and has its time and place. It is also something that women get criticized for. And it's kind of a, like, can't really win, right? If you're direct, they criticize you for being aggressive and direct. If you're indirect, they criticize you for being passive. So 
as a woman in corporate America or in a business in a different country, if this applies to you, then I want you to really focus on the balance again of when this is constructive, but when it might be undermining yourself. So sometimes you do need to be direct and I always encourage that the tone makes a difference between aggressive and confident. Something to think about. Okay, number five, let the other person save face. Yes, it's really hard to do sometimes, especially if it's someone, if you're a team leader and it's someone who just consistently does things that are annoying or get under your skin or cost the company money. But to reprimand someone in public, it's just demoralizing. It also instills either negative perception, like I think in this chapter it was the example of the professor where he yelled at someone to move their car and the whole class noticed that that was really rude and they actually created a negative classroom experience. Whereas all the professor had to do was just frame it in a nicer way and it would have been completely not a problem. So again, tone has a big part in this, um, but respect. You know, in the same way that you wouldn't want to get called out and reprimanded in front of your peers, it can be as simple as just taking the person aside, setting a meeting, or in the hall instead of in front of everyone during the meeting, and giving them the feedback and letting them know, like, hey, you know, you usually do so great, but I need you to do better at X, Y, Z. So for this one a lot, it's think about how you would want to be treated. Um, oh, actually, speaking of XYZ, so they recommended giving a new title or responsibility. Um, this example was really interesting. They had that one guy who was just not performing as well. Instead of firing him or demoting him, the company gave him a different title and had someone else be like the head of the department, and he was considered, I think, um, a consultant or something. But it was a really like respectable title, and it did the trick. It encouraged him to work better. And meanwhile, the company was also assured that the department was running well. So be creative and be respectful. Next, number six, praise the slightest improvement and praise every improvement. Be hearty in your approbation and lavish in your praise. This was really great. I think this was the example where, was it the dog trainer or the horse trainer? And he noticed that Every time he did something a little bit better, he would give him some meat or a treat or something. And he's like, hello, if we do this to animals, why not to our fellow humans? So give compliments and praise. But the trick here, in order for it to be genuine, is to be specific. Because if you just give superficial praise all the time, it comes across a little bit shallow or hard to take seriously. So something that you can do to make sure that it, it, it functions in this way that really helps you communicate and keep a positive team or leadership is to be specific. So don't just say, oh, you're great at everything you do. If you say that all the time, it kind of doesn't mean anything. But if you're specific of, you know what, thank you so much for being on time every day. Or thank you so much for staying a little bit extra on the days that you come in late because I know you have to drop your kid off at school, but I really appreciate the extra effort. So these specific things mean a lot. It goes a long way. Okay, next one. What are we on? Number seven, give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. This was interesting. Um, basically, it's encouraging you to show, you, show them that you believe in them and using wording, oh, what was the example here? Using wording like, 
I've noticed that you know, you've always had such a great track record for having deliveries on time or, or getting the production done on time. You know, and, and I've noticed that the last, and I almost said but, and I noticed that the last few shipments, the production's been a little bit behind schedule. So what you're doing here is you're saying that you're, the reputation, you're setting that positive reputation that they wanna live up to because it's their own. You're using the word and, so it's not deflating. And then you're saying the problem. And then the solution is to continue to be, you know, the top-notch employee that, that they were recently, in the recent past. So this can be very, very constructive, but practice it. You know, this kind of stuff doesn't always come naturally. So I think it's really good to take these tips, put them in hypothetical situations or in situations that you've been in in the past and practice them. Talk to your plant <laughs> if you need to. Pretend that's your employee or your boss or your friend or significant other and like really script out and practice these situations so that when it does happen, because there are emotions involved in this and when something's emotional, it's hard to be logical as the book states. So you wanna practice this in a cool state so that when it happens, your body is ready to respond using these amazing techniques. Okay, second to last one, use encouragement. Make the fault seem easy to correct. This is great and I use this technique all the time when I'm coaching English. So here it's about downplaying the difficulty and in my opinion, finding a way to frame it in a positive way. So for example, when I'm working with someone and they notice that they're making the same preposition mistake, you know, in their mind, their reaction is, oh my God, this is so easy. Why do I keep making this mistake? This is impossible. I'll never correct it. And so I have to really take this as a pivot point of like, wait, wait, no, no, no. Actually, the fact that you keep making the same mistake, this is awesome. It's gonna be so much easier because you're not necessarily making mistakes all over. We just need to focus on this one preposition and master its usage and you're gonna feel so much more confident. So instead of bashing themselves for making the same simple mistake, we're, I'm encouraging them to think about it as, oh, this is such a targeted solution that I need to focus on. It's not my, all of my language skills. It's pretty cool, right? And, and you just, you empower the other person. So I think this is also another fantastic one. And last but not least, make the other person happy about doing the thing you suggest. This one's tricky. <laughs> it can be, I guess. So here you want to point out the benefits. The real, I guess, trick to making this effective is not pointing out the benefits that you perceive, but rather the benefits that are relevant to them. And that's really different. You know, think about if you're trying to encourage your child to eat their vegetables. You would think the benefit is oh, you're gonna be healthier, you won't have to miss school, I wanted to take you to the doctor, you're going to be able to grow well. They don't care about any of that. <laughs> so you wanna find a way of like, oh, this will make you be stronger and you'll be able to play soccer better. So you wanna tie it to things that are benefit, beneficial and relevant to them. Ooh, we did it! Okay, we're so, I'm so excited. You finished this book. It is one of the number one or top 10 books for communication and self-improvement. I'm so happy that we read this together. From a language point, I hope you feel empowered. It's not about using complex grammar, it's about using simple grammar, simple vocabulary, literally and or but, but doing it in the right way, to be tactful, to be mindful, and as always, to be respectful. 
Okay, a few other things that I wanted to point out. Um, mm -mm. So as it mentions at the end when they're talking about him, I don't know if you got to that part, but just remind yourself that even this person who's a native speaker, these aren't things that came naturally, they came through training. I think I read he wanted to be an actor or something, but that didn't work out. But through practicing, like reading other people's speeches and critiquing them and trying to improve them and then practicing public speaking and coaching other people to do it, you know, it took him decades to really formulate these tips and to teach them. So it's okay. It's going to take you time, but it's worth it. You can be a little bit better every day and it's going to make a big difference, but be patient with yourself and be loving. And let's see, my final thing is, his tip is do the thing you fear to do. It's so scary sometimes, <laughs> but you can find ways, if you're scared of, of speaking in public, you know, maybe find a Toastmasters group. If you're scared, or you know what, another good way for that is go on Instagram and, and record yourself live talking about something. It's really scary at first, but the more you do it, the more natural you are and the less scary it is. So that's one of my favorite things. Also, you can delete it right after, so you don't have to worry about necessarily having things out there that make you uncomfortable. When it comes to English, you deserve this. You deserve to communicate and to make friendships and to network and to get the dream job that you want. It's gonna take work, but what doesn't? So you're not alone. I'm here to help. Thank you so much for, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being with me and for reading this book. And really just let me know how I can be here for you. I want you to be strong, be confident, and be brave because you're awesome. For more business English resources like articles, videos, courses, and one-to-one -one coaching with me, head over to tanyasuarez.com.